Today's episode is brought to you by Coast to Coast Coffee. Go to coasttocoastcoffee.ca and enter the promo code HEAVILYPICKSCOFFEEFIX1 to receive $5 off your first order. Coast to Coast, the socially distanced choice for coffee lovers everywhere. Welcome to another episode of How to Feel Great. How to Feel Great is an offshoot of the heavily pixelated podcast in which I talk to people about their own personal self-care strategies. Self-care is always important, but it's even more important right now as we are living through our pandemic times. My guest today is an old friend of mine, Dr. Ali Zentner. Ali is married to a game developer, my friend Jason Brackman. Jason is a technical artist at Relic Entertainment in Vancouver, so her husband makes video games. When I got sick a couple years ago, Ali and Jason, who lived in my neighborhood, were out walking their dogs one night after dark. I ran into the two of them on the street. Ali saw that there was something wrong with me, though she couldn't quite tell what was wrong with me. And she uh, told me to come stay at their place. And when Allie tells you to do something, as her husband Jason can attest to, you do it. It is non-negotiable. I wouldn't go so far as to say she's a bully, but she is very persuasive. I'll put it that way. The next morning, Allie got me back in the hospital. I was diagnosed, finally, uh, with endocarditis. And in the hospital, when I'd stopped eating, Ali brought me ice cream, Ernest's ice cream, which is uh, an incredibly delicious ice cream. But I wouldn't even eat that. And Ali just kept saying, Jonesy, she calls me Jonesy, Jonesy, eat the ice cream. It's good. And so I'd take another bite. It still honestly moves me to think about the fact that I I wasn't eating, but she was going to make me eat by bringing me my favorite food, which I normally could not resist. And when the doctors and medical professionals had their meetings, Allie sat in on those meetings. And she was the one who heard firsthand that the prospects were not necessarily good for me. Allie, as you are about to learn, is intelligent, articulate, honest, Sounds like an exaggeration, sure, but I seriously don't know if I'd be here if I hadn't bumped into them that night. I'm just really fortunate to count her as a friend, so I figured during the COVID-19 crisis that we're all living through right now, who better to connect with uh, for for me and, and, and for you than Allie Zentner? Let's bring Allie in now. I can only see a picture of you. I don't, I don't have a camera on my new computer. That's not true. Every new computer has a camera. No, no, no. I, I have a, I have, I have, I got one of those Mac minis. They're just like little boxes and you have to plug in a third party monitor. So I don't have, there's no camera built into it. Anyway, um, you're not on video, are you? No, but. Why do you want to see me then? Well, because right now on my phone, there's a picture of you smiling rather smugly. Well, I'm sorry. Don't look at your phone. Okay, I won't. But I, I'll take a picture of it and show you. It's, it's no, I know the photo you're talking about. I mean, it must yes. be the same photo, the black and white one, right? It is. It is yeah. in black and white. That was yes. from my TED Talk. Oh, nice. Uh, so it's a few years old. Uh, and But I don't really like photos of myself. I don't take very many photos. I'm not you one joke. of these... I'm not part of this. You're not you know, a selfie. The freak. selfie generation. I'm not. Yeah, you are definitely not a selfie man. No, I don't that like it. Very true. Do you like taking photos no, of yourself? Okay. You always send me cartoons of yourself. I I I don't mind those those what are they called? Memoji things. Emojis. Yes. 
Well, no, apparently if they're, if they're of you, no, wait a minute. I'm not as Luddite as we think because just shush. Yeah. Because if, um, if they're of you, they're called memojis. Yeah. Okay. Memojis. Got it. Yes. I'm not up on things the way you are. Uh, but no, like seriously, it's like two non-hip people trying to educate one another. <laughs> it's very, very, very sad. Uh, so there I don't want to keep you long. I know this is your day off. Uh, we've well, already... I have two of them now. Two what? Two days off now. Oh, but but I like you don't get much time off. Basically, you. Oh, don't you know. do that. Look, I'm here, and I'm very happy to be here. So let's not do that. Okay. Well, we it's can already take started. As long as we like, need. It's going. Like we are doing it now. It's recording. Okay. Well, so, but you're going to edit some of that memoji shit out. I, yes, I might, I I might not. I don't know how well that's going to be received. I'm happy. Like, if you want to listen to this before I post it, it's really up to no, you. No, it's okay. fine. It's all good. I'm so sorry. I was pooping. <laughs> Let me just step in here for a second and say that I got stuck in the bathroom. I went in there to have my morning moment, and it just it went longer than I thought it was going to go. <laughs> and so I missed Allie's first call. So that's what I'm apologizing I for. I was just like, oh, I think I yeah, can do this well, really fast. Don't apologize. It's a natural. No, never. Just like I will tell you. Fast as, poop. And as a woman of science. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, you can't. It's No, you can't rush the body. You got to make you sure. You got to give it time. Every physiological function has mm -hmm. a pace. Mm -hmm. I, uh, you're always so busy though. I, I don't even know when you have time to poop. Like you're always on the way to oh, something or on the way from you something. Always make time. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, but I can only like, you know me, I can only go at my own home. So this is like right, right now, this is perfect for me. This is true. I do not like using toilets outside of my own home. I have not had an away game in about 10 years. Because this yeah, is my see, poop place. You gotta be a non-denominational. Like, <laughs> I can't. I can't. Go to, I can't. Go what to, would that be called? A non-denominational. Uh, oh, uh, I depository. Wait, no, no, there's like a good word for okay. like. We'll think like, of it. We'll find a medical term for it, but yeah. So anyway, I watched Too Hot to Handle, which you recommended. I did. Yes. And I <laughs> Great recommend. I, I great recommend. I wow. haven't I haven't like, watched a reality yeah. show in so long, and oh, if I'm, you know, I don't. You're gonna. Yeah, I, but I don't know if I'm gonna watch any more uh, reality <laughs> my, after this. Like that oh, might have my been reality. It. Yeah, my reality choosing privileges are. Over well, I think it's uh, th this is very. I'm assuming it's typical of what the offerings are out there, right? Like this is just typical. Um, like it's all good-looking people acting vapidly and bumping no. into each other and kissing and then arguing and then kissing and then arguing. So I feel like if we're going to, if we're going to really <laughs> sort of break this one down. Sure, okay. Sure. So I feel like a reality television has genres just like every other television does. Right. So there's the sort of like low level, like reality show, classic watching mm -hmm. people, you know, watching very, sort of attractive people make very bad decisions <laughs> so that's this, sort of what, what other like honestly i can't think of any other kind of reality show other than that that's oh like have. you got to get into like the cook baking competition so like my absolute favorite 100 percent like top of the line reality tv show yeah. 
that makes me feel joy in the world is the Great British Bake Off. Okay. Hands down. When you bake, um, you for bake the reasons that, and if if you're gonna do another one, so like a palate cleanser for you, if you will, would be to go from too hot to handle to that, and then somewhere in between would be Love Island UK. Okay, so and for the following reasons. So first of all, as you know, I am a massive Anglophile, and like anything with a British accent yeah. is automatically elevated. Yeah. Automatically. Yeah. Yes. Like people could be calling me every nasty word in the book, but as long as they're doing it in the Queen's English, I see. I I'm see. good. Yeah. So, and the Great British Bake Off takes home bakers and literally they work all week. And then on weekends, they come to the tent in the middle of the British countryside and they bake for two days okay. um, in competitions and then they go home. Yeah. And so there's this beautiful camaraderie among them. And like all good British, you know, all good Brits, they, they don't have great teeth. They're not mm -hmm. like fluffed and folded like the American mm -hmm. versions. Yeah. And, and there's something very beautifully honest about it. There, th there's a genuineness about it. And, yeah. and the prize isn't like 30 million pounds or anything like that. It's just a glass plate. Oh, that's nice. It's so lovely. A glass plate and a bunch of flowers um, yeah. at a picnic with their family. It's rather modest. It's very, it's very real. So the, that, that's going to be your next one. Okay. I, but not, you know, it's, it's not that I don't care about food. I just don't care about the making of the food. I've never been a food you maker. Though. You think so? You oh, yeah. Like, I, mean, I got to tell you. It just, it's, it's because I think you care about how, like you're fascinated with how stuff gets put together in the world. Uh, yeah, to some degree. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by how video games get made. That's one right. thing I like. Well, there you go. But, but you also marvel at like how things work in the world. Like, yes. You're, yes. you're, a, you're an inquisitor. So I'm a curious like, soul. Yes. You're, yes As are you're, you? You're, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, so I think that... Like being curious and wanting to learn, mm -hmm. which is just what a learner is, right? Uh, that might translate. Do you into, feel like you're getting more curious as you as you get older? Um, is that hard to answer for you? No, I think. Look, I think I had to look. Given like a, I've been, I was in school for what, like thirty billion years. There's that. B, um, the nature of my work. Mm -hmm. automatically, I think, forces me to constantly ask why, yeah. like, or yeah. what, like, why, why is this happening? What am I going to do about it? What's my next step? Yeah. Those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and I, I think also, so I think that makes me just innately that, but then I don't know, I'm quite fascinated. I think just like, this sounds very corny, but being at play in humanity mm -hmm. all day long, every day, and particularly in these times where most, like I'm doing only telehealth, so I'm literally on the phone or on like um, virtual meet, like virtual visits with patients from like 8.30 in the morning to like 5.30 at night. Yeah. Is te telehealth, is that the, the formal name of the service? 
Apparently, that's what they're calling it, or okay. virtual medicine. I think so how does it work, term. though? So uh, there are like a Zoom meeting, yeah. right? But we have protected sites, yeah. so so that it's um, it, it's uh, privacy protected. And okay. So that because it has to be because it has to protect a all your medical information and everything, and a patient will call in. And then you see them and you have a visit as if they were sitting in your office. Obviously, I can't do a physical exam on them necessarily, although um, certain things I can kind of do. So, for example, if they have a home blood pressure machine, they'll take their pressure in front of me. Yes. Um, And then uh, I do it that way or I do a phone visit where um, I talk to them on the tele. Like I call them and I talk to them. So, there, yeah. there are so many reasons why I, I love and respect you, and, and you know, I, I need to introduce you to uh, the listeners. You are, uh, you're an esteemed doctor in the, the Vancouver area, in, uh, in Canada, and, and uh, recognized uh, around the world for your work in the obesity realm. Is that true? Uh, I, I would, I don't know about the recognized around the world. I mean, I know I have some, <laughs> I need to step in for a second. Allie's rejection of my superlatives. Well, it's very coy and terribly Canadian. Generally speaking, Canadians strongly dislike bragging about themselves. Uh, yes, I am. a. I am. You a, travel to Europe. I, I have been to Europe. Yes. Yes. yes I've been mostly yes. for the fashion shows. Uh, I've been to meetings as well, but yes, but, yes, I've been in obesity medicine for 20 years yeah. and, and have, uh, um, yes, and have been uh, working in this field before it was even, I think, really a real recognized field. So yes, I love um, your story so much. And I, I love your, <laughs> I, I love the, the things that motivate you and drive you. And you, you have more drive than anyone I know by far. Um, and we know some people with a lot of drive, right? Like, uh, oh. but I met your husband first and I had lunch yes, with him. Did. I had, yes. we went to, uh, I don't even know what it's called. Joe Forte's or something over on Robson. Uh, you guys we had, went to Joe Forties. Is that, that what it's was called? Your first date? Yeah, it was the, on the. Oh, where you love the rooftop. The, the two rooftop. Of you. Yeah. yeah, and so we talked and talked rooftops. and talked, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if we're all about rooftops, but he, you know, your husband works at Relic, and so we had yes, some friends in common, and um, and he just right away like he started talking about you because there's no bigger fan in the world of Ali Zentner. Than uh, Jason, Jason and Brackett. yeah, and and like he like so many times when I spend time with Jason, he'll just say, oh, he'll just start giggling and just say, oh, Ali's hilarious. <laughs> he'll just say that, and he won't always even you know tell a story that demonstrates share. your hilarity, but he he believes thoroughly that that you are the most funniest, most intelligent, most the smartest, most evolved person on the planet, and I love the reverence that he has for you. Yes, I I have done a. Serious, serious number on Jason Brackman. <laughs> I, yeah, I think because yeah. I got him young and I just really fucked him up. Can I swear on you your did, podcast? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, but you didn't. Okay, yeah, you, no. but honestly, you didn't. Like, you, oh, I don't think no. so. I think you've it both been good. good for each other. Like, I really, I do think that, that your, your personalities are, they complement each other. Well, in a I way, think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, don't you think, like, I think ultimately 
that's very sweet of you, first of all. Like, it's true, though. Come, it's all true. But I wonder if maybe perhaps you could come to, like, whenever I present at a meeting or something, and maybe we could just, you know, have that. Or, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> whatever you need. I would, you know great. I would do anything awesome. for you. Awesome. I, I think it's, it's interesting, because as a total aside, my mind's going, like, 75 places. I think in medicine particularly our challenge and I've been thinking a lot about this because there's a little bit of extra time in my day to sort of reflect which I guess goes to your point of am I still curious is I I think we have a specific standard of of a way of doing things and so that's expected and so when that standard is expected it's almost like when people acknowledge that standard we're Mm -hmm. almost like off put by like, like this whole sort of thing now, right now, where everyone's acknowledging first-line workers and healthcare yeah. workers in particular and their commitment to this. And I know I find it very uh, unusual. Like, it's it's uncomfortable because that's the standard. It would be like, like thanking your lungs for exchanging oxygen. Right. It's right. just... Or thanking a fish for swimming. You like, do this every day. You've been doing it for years. Do. Yeah. Right. But not just... It's just... It's... it's it's not even part of the job. It's the job. So that's a weird thing. Have people stepped out of their way to, to say that they're grateful for you and the work that you're doing? Have they done that to you? Yeah. I mean, it's weird for me because I'm not like, yes, I am on call yeah. at um, a COVID uh, ward should mm-hmm. they need me. Fortunately, I am living and working in Vancouver where we have, yes, flattened the curve and our, our COVID um, response has been so good that we haven't needed this kind of thing. So, um, so that's one piece, but, but yeah, I think, I think particularly among my patients, they acknowledge that from day one, like we were doing a virtual medicine a week before the country shut down because the goal here was we didn't want a bunch of patients sitting in waiting rooms um, mm-hmm. at risk to mm-hmm. one another. So I think they acknowledge that their care has been completely seamlessly uninterrupted. Like mm-hmm. one day they were in the office, the next day they weren't, but their prescriptions were still magically getting filled. And if they mm-hmm. needed anything, they would just email me and that would, you know, that would get delivered, whether mm-hmm. it was like grocery, you know, like our, our clinic's been delivering groceries to patients if they needed yeah. it or what have you. So I think there's, look, there's, but you would thank someone in any case for that. And that, and, and the answer that I always put out is you're welcome. No big deal. Like it's really not. So right. I don't know. It's just, it's not, this isn't one of those humble brag shits. It's just, it's just what we do. But oh, I know. Back I know. to your original point about Jason, like I don't know. It's I think ultimately in this world we want people who get us, like who really, like who understand us, who've who've been to the deep dark mountain yeah. and who've seen the both the beautiful stuff, but also the ugly shit, or mm-hmm. at least the ugly shit that we couldn't hide from them. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And and still not in spite of that stuff, still think we're the best thing, but yeah. actually because of it. So I've I've been, I guess, very fortunate. Although, you know, with quarantining and living very closely together. Yeah. 
I, I do believe that, you know, the blush might be a bit off the road. Yeah. And your relationship is also real. Like, I know you guys have conflict and mostly it's you being disappointed in him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, 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 you know, he, he does his best and he, I mean, not all the time, but, but most of the time. Yeah. And uh, boy, he loves you though. Like I, yes. the I, love he, that he has for you, uh, it, like it, it makes me hopeful. You know, it really does. It's the rarest thing, I think, you know, and, and, but you guys, you guys really fit together like two peas. It's, it's really beautiful. And, you know, the other, there's just a couple things and I know you You, don't like this. You do your thing. Yeah, but I, you, like, you also have a TEDx talk, which I'll put a link on the website in case people want to watch it. Um, I I really do think people should watch it and and really uh, understand the the ways in which we look at each other and especially look at who struggle with, with yes. certain things like obesity. Um, yeah. And you also wrote a book. Is it called The Weight Loss Solution? Is that it? It's The Weight Loss Prescription. Prescription, um, okay. Yes. Um, and you were yeah, also no. on a reality TV show for a while, oh, which I, wow. I watched. Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, yeah. Village on a Diet from a few years <laughs> yeah. ago. You yeah. were amazing on that show, and we don't oh, talk about it anymore. We don't. We, we don't. We don't talk about that. <laughs> The first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. I'm proud of the work you did. You're great on TV. Like, you're far better than I am. No, that's actually not true. No, no, no. You you present, like, I've seen you during introverted moments, but you are not an introvert. You like being on display. You like being out there. You're good at giving talks. You're good communicating with people. Like you, you were great on TV and you used to do uh, the oh. national. Is that the show you used to do? I, I was um, the medical consultant for the national and for global news. Yeah. For a bit. You're, and you're, then I, are you still doing any TV? No, okay. no, it is. As you know, you know, it's interesting. I, I think uh, I did a lot of sort of medical media stuff for a while. Yeah. And then now my work is more involved in like grassroots organizations that I think, yeah. Um, have huge value, like uh, in terms of right now, sort of starting up this project called No Fat Shame, yeah. um, which is based on um, the idea. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And um, the shameless plug of nofatshame.com, um, yeah. which is in its infancy. But my hope is I mean, the challenge here is, and this is for, for everyone, but also for my patient population, is that. We know that 60% of people with obesity have been fat shamed by their physician or their healthcare provider. 65% of them have been fat shamed at work. We know that 70% of kids are bullied at school. Um, You know, we can have opinions about obesity up the wazoo. There's everything across the spectrum from you brought it on yourself to, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a true, complicated, multifaceted disease. Mm -hmm. Um, And you and I could have a whole discussion about the pathophysiology of obesity and the fact that it is very much a disease. And that's like, oh, we can put a pin in that moment for a second. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter. I think the reality of the situation here, and, and this is if one thing that COVID has taught us in these times is that the beauty of medicine or the beauty, yeah, medicine at its purest should not judge, right? So mm-hmm. here we have this virus that, let's be honest, it's literally because somebody decided to eat a bat mm-hmm. and then touch a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And 
Um, and here we are in this situation. It's literally a, a sort of man-made experience, if you will. But it doesn't matter because medicine has to step up and it has to take care. Mm -hmm. um, and so I love that that, that message, it, the, the message at its purest is, it really, the, the morality of how did you get yourself into this is, is com there is no place for that mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. um, the, everybody deserves care. Um, and I mean, I was raised in a socialized system, a socialized healthcare system. I work in a socialized healthcare system and I am a massive advocate for this kind of socialized healthcare system where you know, healthcare is a right and it's not a privilege and yeah. it is the great equalizer and everybody gets good care, period, not based on anything other than need. And I think that to then use a disease like obesity and to weaponize it against uh, the patient and to say, this is on you, mm -hmm. this is your own moral failing and you got yourself into this shit, you get yourself out of it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I, I worry like that, that to me is not just unscientific, but it violates every moral code, um, in my being. It violates, mm -hmm. it, it offends the social justice warrior in me to the nth degree. And I think it, it flies in the face of these, this sort of hope for the better world that we're trying to achieve here. So, yeah. You know, and here we are all in our homes, all trying to do our part yeah. to, you know, for the health of others. So I, I'm a huge advocate for this initiative uh, of to try and educate people about obesity as a disease, to try and uh, spread uh, a higher level of education across the board, not just in society, but in our medical schools yeah. and through our residency programs, and to just elevate the idea that. Yes, there is definite treatment for this disease for those who want to engage in treatment. And mm -hmm. make no mistake, the idea behind no fat shame is not to say that everybody needs treatment, that this is wrong. It's mm -hmm. not that. It's that this is a disease. And when I say disease, I don't mean people are sick. Right. I mean that their bodies physiologically don't do what they're supposed to do. Right. due to a number of factors, whether it's genetics or physiology or, or, or environment, and that, that affects how people move through the world, mm -hmm. and that there are treatments to help improve the quality of life of people living with those diseases, whether those treatments are environmental or behavioral, or whether those treatments are just empathy and compassion and yeah. understanding. Or whether those treatments are pure scientific, pharmacological, et cetera, that, that I think that the world needs to understand that um, people are, are quite diverse yeah. and they have diverse needs. They have individual experiences and it's not upon us to sort of cookie cut yeah. um, those experiences and and hold them up uh, as examples. Um, and more importantly, I think that, you know, if there's one thing that we could do is just be a little bit more compassionate mm -hmm. um, and kind um, when it comes to approaching people with obesity period. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And that always starts with, I mean, in my experience, medicine reflects culture and culture reflects medicine. Yes. And in many ways, my profession has been a trailblazer for social change. And in many ways, unfortunately, it's reflected or shone a light, if you will, uh, on the areas where social change has not been as quick. A little background here, this no fat shame school of thought that Ali is advocating for comes from a very personal place for her. Ali has been overweight for most of her life. It's something that she will always struggle with. She's in great shape now these days. She walks many kilometers to and from work every day. She runs marathons. More importantly, she brings other people who struggle with obesity to walk or run those marathons. And in order for Allie to help other people understand themselves, she first needed to understand herself. Your book, I don't think we give it enough credit uh, in the sense that it's like you're you're a very good writer. And and I think it's it's a terrific memoir in addition to being a self-help book, but there are lots of stories about you and what you went through in your life to become who you are today. And I wish those stories got recognized for the, you know, the quality stories they are instead of this is just part of the weight loss prescription. You know, you know what I mean? I do. I'm writing another, I I think maybe I'm writing, it's interesting, that book was like almost 10 years ago, eight years ago. And I think, I I, I make no mistake, very proud of it. But I would argue, A, the world has changed and B, I think I've changed in the, you know, your 40s are a very different time as you and I have discussed. And um, yes, and uh, as you, as 50 sort of comes to your life. Who's, I don't know anybody hey, who's 50. Do you not? No, I know. <laughs> Apparently it's this club. I, you know, it's this new sort it's of, okay. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. You'll it's find fine. out when you get there. <laughs> In the, like 15 minutes. I, you know, I, I don't know if you feel comfortable talking about your clinic at all. My clinic. I love my clinic. I, I love your clinic, clinic too. I freaking like, day. Uh, but can you talk about your clinic a little bit and also explicitly, yeah. like, uh, just tell me what you're comfortable with as far as people... If Don't you're hysterical because you and I have had conversations where you all the, you never would worry about my comfort level and well, here you but are. I, but this is a public thing, and I, I don't want to expose you. I, you know, I want you to do. I want you to be comfortable. I'm respecting your boundaries. Oh, I know I have. I have the answers to some of these questions, but I'm yes, giving you. you I'm trying you're to find out. You're giving me license to yeah, invite. To, like share what you feel. Comfortable. Uh, I am. You've done I am so fine. much incredible work. Oh, you're very sweet. My clinic is um, one of the largest multidisciplinary. Uh, did you just? Yeah, did you, sorry. Was that a sneeze? A sneeze. Was yeah. that a? It was sneeze, a blast, or yeah, or no, it was a blow, wasn't it? It was a blow. Yeah, I don't sneeze. What? I, oh, so there's no nothing we can do about no, a blow. No, no, no. Like you can't can say do. bless you or no, just, we just gotta good job. On. Yeah, thank good you. Good job. Right. Um, my clinic is called Revolution uh, Medical Clinic, and it's yeah. the largest one of, well, actually one of the largest multidisciplinary publicly uh, funded. So it's it's not a private clinic. MSP sponsors uh, um, obesity clinics in the country. We have a patient base of about five thousand. We have three physicians, uh, three nurses, and a dietitian. Uh, we offer um, sort of across the board 
um, care uh, for people with, uh, with obesity um, and metabolic disease. And we also offer what's called bariatric conditioning. So um, we offer it, it, whatever patients want to choose in terms of treatment. So if they want to do a sort of pure uh, nutritional behavioral change, we have, um, we have the capacity to support that. We do a lot of work in the pharmacotherapeutic world, which means uh, medications and such. Um, because there are legitimate scientific-based treatments for obesity, which most people don't know. They think that they just have to eat less and move more. And that's, um, that's like saying we are in obesity medicine right now where we were in mental health probably 30 or 40 years ago. So mm-hmm. 30, 40 years ago, uh, it usually was a woman, not because men don't suffer from depression, but women usually presented more frequently to their family doctors uh, 30 or 40 years ago. And if a woman presented to her family doctor 30 or 40 years ago, and she said, you know, I'm really, my mood is terrible. I'm really sad. I can't get out of bed. Her doctor would probably say to her, you know, you're fine. It's Mm -hmm. just you're stressed out or, you know, maybe, you know, what have you. Just cheer up. Um, And nowadays we look at that and we're horrified. Mm -hmm. We're shocked that we would have, I mean, some of the treatments that we used to do um, in the name of medicine are abhorrent. I think people don't realize that, for example, homosexuality was considered a mental illness until 1976. It was taken out of the DSM-IV. Um, You know, so medicine has a lot to answer for on the negative. Um, But science has the opportunity to make things right. And Mm -hmm. we now know that obesity, which is essentially, if you were to describe it at a cocktail party, you would say that the brain thinks it's starving and it inappropriately stores fat tissue. Mm -hmm. And so even though there is an excess of fat tissue available to the body, the brain's not getting that message. And that's a function of a number of different factors, and it's probably variable. So when we think about obesity, it's probably a number of diseases under one umbrella. But there's, for example, 5,000 genes that have been linked to energy balance in the body. There's 37 different hormones that help regulate how you and I regulate energy, whether we gain weight or lose weight. And then there's the fact that every human being on this planet is exposed to 600 food cues a day. Mm-hmm. And all of these factors are combined in the setting of a primitive species, which is really what we are. And mm-hmm. our entire being is geared towards our ability to seek out an energy source. So to hunt mm-hmm. for energy, but also to store it. Um, so our brains are, are highly evolved and there's different parts of even our physiology that allow us to be both hunters and storers at the same time. Yes. And, and those two systems don't work necessarily properly in the setting of obesity. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm making really blanket statements here. Yeah, about, I know. I understand. But, but again, so for example, I'll just put this out there. So for anyone who's ever been on a quote diet and restricted their food intake and, and worked really hard and hasn't lost weight and thinks, what the hell? It's because your body fights starvation every step of the way. And so when your body perceives starvation as a threat, it goes into storage mode and it literally shuts that shit down. And so it will store. 
And then on that same diet, maybe you only lost two or three pounds. And then all of a sudden you started having whey cravings. Like you started dreaming about food, you started craving for food or what have you. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that same idea of you have a hunter part of your brain and you have a store part of your brain. And so when the storage center is threatened, when the part of your brain that's geared towards perceiving sort of the gas gauge on your car being empty or full perceives that there's a threat to the amount of energy that you have, it will activate your hunter in order to make you uh, seek out food mm -hmm. in almost a compulsive way and gather it. And so that's your craving center, so to speak. So those systems are in play and they're primitive physiological systems. They are not a psychological willpower learned behavior experience. They're mm -hmm. actually innately sort of a part of your survival if you will yeah i feel um, like i feel like uh, i've learned so much since i've no i mean i've known you now for over 10 years really um but i i feel like maybe when i uh you know 10 years ago when i would look at somebody who was obese i would draw certain conclusions that were not fair to those no. people and 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 not even really humane you know they were just sort no. of my judgmental two-dimensional understanding of obesity and why so oh, someone's fat well they're they're lazy and they eat right too much and they go to McDonald's. it's the bias that we yeah. all learned right it's a harsh, we were all harsh bias yeah yeah but but it's interesting because i would argue 30 years ago we had bias against other things i mean realistically I, I've seen this all the time. You know this about me. So I often get, I am a woman in medicine and I don't, like I love fashion and mm -hmm. I dress maybe a little bit more like Eccentric. not necessarily, yeah, maybe not necessarily like you're sort of, if you think about a physician, you automatically in your head have a picture specifically about what a doctor looks like. Um, in fact, often when you say to someone, my doctor, most people don't even, their first sort of that second instinct before they have a moment for their thinking brain to kick in, yes. they think of a man, right? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because there's also, um, there's also biology behind bias. You mm -hmm. know, our, our, our brains were actually made to be biased. It's, it's a tribal survival instinct if you will that allowed us to survive so that we literally stuck within a tribe you know this is why humans mate with other humans not mm -hmm. humans don't mate with another species because part of you know and again these are um scientific theories behind bias because we're now trying to study bias and better understand it so as to understand how to restructure our worlds um, from a sociological construct to help better educate people um, or prevent to not just educate people, but to help better kind of vaccinate people against mm -hmm. bias. One of the challenges with bias is that it, it does have a biological basis in that and it kind of makes sense, right? There had to be a way to protect us. When you're born, you have to know that this is your mother and she's going to be your food source if you're, you know, living in a cave 50,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. And she is your safe. And um, that this is the saber-toothed tiger. And that is perhaps your food source, but it's definitely not a safer food source. you got to yes. go get it. Yeah. And it, you're going to be in trouble. And so, um, so what all we've done is create social kind of 
and, and the media is probably one of the worst places that has done this. Yeah. The media has told us what is beautiful and acceptable and uh, proper and, and what is negative and shunned and d- dislikable, uh, et cetera. Yeah. And within that construct, the media and the world around us has unfortunately and erroneously taught us that excess weight is negative and that we assign these sort of negative attributes to it. There's, um, and, and what it's done is it's, it's created this un, first unconscious subliminal experience, but it's done this with gender. It's done yep. this with race. It's done this with sexuality. It's done this, um, with, you know, a num- with religion, a-, a variety of different factors. And there's just one plug that your listeners might love is there's the Harvard implicit bias test. It's a, a bias test. You can just uh, go to, uh, here, I'm a doctor recommending Google, which is weird. Yeah. Um, but just Google Harvard implicit bias test. Hey, listeners, I'll put a link to the implicit bias test on my website. You can take this test to see about your biases and you can do it for everything from sexuality to gender to uh, race, uh, uh, weight bias. There's one on disabilities, et cetera. Um, And it's a really fascinating, we do this um, through uh, the no fat shame project. We have come up with education programs for medical students and residents. And we have our residents and our medical students take the test and then we do a seminar with them on weight bias, and then they take the test afterwards. If you can say, I do have bias, that's actually your first step. Um, you, can't, you can't treat what you don't know, right? So yeah, yeah. for ex- if we, I'm bringing it back to COVID, but um, testing, right? Like, so knowing where the virus is and knowing who's infected and who's not is your first step yep. to, te- to treating. The idea behind bias is knowing if the bias is there yes. is the first step to how do you then address the bias yeah. and how do you acknowledge it? Today's episode of the How to Feel Great podcast is brought to you by Coast to Coast Coffee. Coast to Coast Coffee declared by coffee lovers like myself across North America as the number one roaster. Go to coasttocoastcoffee.ca and enter the promo code heavily picks coffee fix one to get $5 off your very first order. Have Coast to Coast's freshly roasted beans delivered to your door. Stay indoors, stay safe, and enjoy some of the finest coffee in the world. Once again, use the promo code heavily picks coffee fix one to get $5 off your first order. Coast to Coast, the Canadian coffee roaster with the most. I just don't want to take up too much of your day. And I do I do also want to you shout You know when people say that, can I tell you? When people say, what? I don't want to take up too much of your, I don't. your day. I, uh, so, so I'll much. tell you what. So one, I, I, I wonder if A, they're being genuine or B, they're like, listen, lady, I just no. had a poop no. and I think I need to have another one. Well, I don't know. You I got go, shit like, to do? We Once you go, you're good for the day. We did it, yeah. Like that, the window opened and the window Is it closed. One day. Do you go every single day? Yeah. Why? Okay, you realize you? what a lucky. Oh my God! First of all. Once a day is a gift from whatever higher power. Every Holy woman in my life is every constipated. Thing. Well, every woman in the world. Like, is it me? Like, 
No, it's not. That that maybe that's maybe you shouldn't. That is enviable. Like every single day. Oh, I had no idea that's you had impressive. it. Impressive. I had no idea. No, well, I menopause is is a whole other discussion. Oh, like we're really menopause. Into it. No, I'm just saying menopause is proof that God is a woman with a really <laughs> shitty sense of sisterhood. Listen, the other thing I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> the you other like, thing I want to say. That's my new tagline. Like, yeah, that's the your new bitch bumper sticker. Is angry. Yeah. And she's furious at all of us. I'm just saying you could do a poll of your readers yeah. because I would argue that like, if, and I don't have numbers, yeah. but I, I would not be surprised if 50% of like North Americans yeah. do not have a daily bowel movement. Okay. What about J-Bone? Oh, well now we're exposing him. No, it's okay. Know. We'll leave him out of I, it. I honestly, we'll I've been around him 20 years. How do you years. not I, know? You guys share a bathroom. No, oh, you don't. have your own bathroom. Oh, fuck no. Yeah. We don't okay. share a closet. We don't share. This is the secret to 25 happy years. Are you making him go outside now? <laughs> no. No. The secret is like you need, you like, so like you need your own space. I envy that. And you, you so need a credit bathrooms. card. No, I don't. We only have a two. And you, you need three. a credit card. Well, that's Ruby's. You need a credit card that he doesn't know about. You also owe to those people who are thinking of cohabitating with any human, other human, yeah. a clean, a person who would come in and clean because people, this is we, you and I've talked about this yeah. couples fight all couples um, of, uh, you know, of every variation. Yep. They fight about three things. They fight about money. They fight about time spent Mm -hmm. And they fight about division of labor. Those are your three things. And yeah. every argument comes down to that. You know, I paid for this. I did this. Why didn't you do this? Right, right. How come you're not spending time with me? You run marathons and you've run how many marathons in your life? Five? Uh, so I've ran, I, I now walk them, yep. but I've ran one, two, three, four, five. I've ran five and I've walked uh, eight. So Which 13 in total. But the thing is, it's like, a there are many things I love and respect about you, but the fact that you do these, you do these for yourself, but you also do them with people you work with people who yeah. maybe don't have the best habits. You somehow, you show them the good things yeah. about these experiences. And I love that you do that. Like, honestly, we, you know, Jason and I, a couple of years ago, we, we were doing grouse, we were climbing a mountain and you were there climbing mountain with other people. Like well, this, I do this, it with my patients. So, that's so like, beautiful. We, I yeah, love that. We do, we do the Honolulu Marathon. The Honolulu Marathon is the most walkable marathon in the world. Yeah. And every year we walk it with patients. I started that's that so like great. eight years ago. And when do you, what season of the year do you do that in? It's in December. I hope okay. it still goes this year. I don't know if it uh, will. but know. We'll see. Yeah. But um, I think what, what the point of it is that um, – I think people, when they think of athletes, they think of, you know, um, this sort of, you know, 1% body fat, mm -hmm. you know, born and bred. And right. that's bullshit. An yeah. athlete comes in every shape. If you, if you actually even go to the finish line of a marathon, you'll see that it's every shape All and shapes, size. Yeah. And, and that it's every level of fitness. And, yep. um, and I would argue it, it truly is kind of, the best of humanity. I remember reading this quote. I wish I had written it, so I'm not going to take credit for it. Is if you want to um, have a bit more faith in the world, 
go to the finish line at a marathon. Yeah. You'll see what the human spirit can really do. That's um, beautiful. And so um, like la- this past December, I had 12 patients cross the finish line at the Honolulu Marathon, ranging in age from 30 to my oldest patient was 65. And he, he was incredible. He had, when I met him five years ago, he had type 2 diabetes and severe aortic stenosis. He had mm-hmm. a new heart valve placed. Um, he had bariatric surgery uh, two years ago, so he doesn't have um, heart, he doesn't have diabetes anymore. And he retired uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, he did the Honolulu Marathon and um, crossed the finish line, did it, walked it um, in just uh, under 10 hours. I mean, if that's not an athlete at 65 to yeah. walk 42 kilometers in 20, 28 degree heat, yeah. I, I don't know what is. And he was incredible. Yeah. And that, just walked that's strong. That's so amazing. And, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I, I, I really it's do. Fun. Changing people's lives. You've, yeah, you've, but you're doing that. But I'm not really. I'm just yeah, you are. No. I don't think there's any monopoly on that stuff. I, I think, I think, look. I feel like you're really doing it, and I'm no. That's bullshit. So stop it. So here's the cool part: is that all you need to do to change someone's life is to see them for where they are, Mm -hmm. right? Because that it doesn't matter if you're doing that, like as someone who's working at a grocery store or a bus driver or on a podcast. Is the reality of the situation is we all just want to be seen, and we all just want. Mm -hmm to have a human connection and we all just want to know it's like the four, what is it? The four C's or the three C's of love is confirmation, Mm -hmm. um, which is someone needs to witness your life, Mm -hmm. right? You just want to know that your life is being witnessed by someone. Um, The next C is connection, Mm -hmm. which is you just want to know that when they're witnessing their life, they're somehow identifying and making a connection to you in this world Mm -hmm. that they don't just see you, but they get you. Um, And so they're confirming who you are, they're connecting to you. And then the third is compassion that they, Mm -hmm. they completely, they don't just see you and they get you, but there's this validity to who you are as a person. And I think that as long as you do that in any work that you do, mm-hmm. then that's contributing to the human condition. Yeah. You can't have like a world just made up of physicians. Like yeah. everybody has to do their part. And that's why, especially in these times more than ever, oh man, there's so many heroes like yeah. in this story. Can I bring up something that uh, will irritate you? Uh, sure, because, yeah, why not? Is that no, because of the evaluation we just had? Is that, is <laughs> no, that no, no, that no. Is? You think, no, I just I also, so like, well, let's I, I always want to say that you saved my life, and you hate it when I say that, because <laughs> it's, it's not true according it's to not. you. But I, but literally, like, I don't, I've never talked about this openly, you know, I... I, and I don't really remember this. It's like a vague dream. Yeah, well, let me just say it's, uh, yeah, it's seared into my memory. Well, I saw, <laughs> like, I don't even know what you saw on the street. I used oh. to live in the neighborhood where you and your husband live, and you, you guys would sometimes walk your dogs. Back then, you had two dogs still. Uh, 
sadly. May she rest. Yeah, may she rest in she peace. Had a good life. But but then you guys apparently encountered me on, and I don't even know what I was doing at that point. Oh wait, I wasn't even no, living over by no. you then. Do you want do you want to know what happened? Yeah. So you were not feeling well. You had the flu. Yeah, yeah. Quote, and you were just like, "Look, I I'm just not feeling well." And I said, "Well, okay, Jones." And that was back when we had a spare bedroom. And yeah. I said, "Why don't you just stay over, and I'll I'll keep an eye on you because you're just you're you're not looking a hundred percent." And and um, but where you, do you remember what part of the city ran into me? I thought it was over more towards like Robson, but I don't. I, I didn't think live you were over walking. There I think you were on Robson, and you just. I said we ran into you, and you said, "Well, I'm just not feeling a hundred percent." And I said, "Why don't you stay over and." Um, and we'll keep an eye on you. And you stayed over. I went to wake you up the next morning. Yeah, that I remember. Yeah. Uh, do you remember that? And I said, yeah, Hey, Jones. I said, Jonesy, where are you? I said, How are you? And you looked at me and you didn't know who I was. Yeah, and I said, I so Jonesy, do you know where you are? And you said, Zero one one. And I <laughs> said, Jason, uh, I need you to get up right now yeah. and take Scott. To the emergency room at St. Paul's Hospital immediately. Yeah, and he and he did, and, and I, I finally I, got checked in, and they they somebody guessed that I had endocarditis. Apparently, it was just like a weird long shot. They were just like, maybe he has endocarditis, and they're like, oh yeah. Yeah, I love it how it was like a guess. <laughs> I mean, that's what they they tell me. They're like yeah. people have been trying to figure out what was wrong with me for for like three months at that point. I've been going to the ER, and they'd always send me away. I think part of the challenge was, and this is something like, it's one of those ones that actually, if you look back, it's the, yeah. in medicine, we often call it the retrospectoscope. Yeah. You're like, yeah. And it was like, if you look back, yeah. Cause I remember even there was one time where you said to me, my thumb hurts. Oh, I've really? got this thing on my thumb. And this was like, like, and, and you and I have a very loving brother, sister relationship. Sure. And there are times where. Are you there? Um, oh, hold I lost on. It for a second. Yeah, you got a call? Uh, no. Oh, it's my mother. There you go. You want to take it? Uh, no, it's okay. okay. Right. <laughs> oh, we'll sorry. I shouldn't minutes. sound like that. My mother is a very, very nice woman. L lovely, who lovely. Who is 80 yes. and who is still line dancing in her senior's home because they're socially distancing in their line dancing. Don't oh, okay. get me started. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's another anyways, podcast. Yeah, that's a whole other like, <laughs> Yeah, man, my mother, yeah. my relationship with my I mother. Um, but um, but um, what were we talking about? We were talking uh, about uh, 011 oh. and, and oh, the retrospective No, the retrospective. So you, I remember you said to me, oh, my, there's something wrong. I have something on my finger. I was always and, complaining to you about but, yeah, things wrong exactly. with me. So there was always yeah. like, it was almost like I felt terrible because it was like one of those boy who cries wolves where you're yeah, like, you're, you're I have a bump here and I have this. And I was like, oh, shit. And sure enough, it was, it was, um, you know, an Osler's node. Yeah, you had, which is. What's Osler's only, node? So this is the other funny thing about medicine. Men, only men, God yeah. love them, name shit after them. So like yeah. they're Ooh. like like Alzheimer's is is an is a guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, like Charcot Marie Tooth disease is named after three different doctors. Dr. Charcot, Dr. Mary, and Dr. Tooth. Yeah. And the three of them argued. Um, there's like Wolf Parkinson wife is again three different doctors. That's so there weird. is in the history of medicine, there isn't one disease that is named after a woman. Yeah. 
Oh, there's like Peronis. So Peronis is, this is hysterical. Like Peronis is basically ischemia of the penis. Okay. And it's named after Dr. Peroni. Dr. Peroni. Okay. Well, good for you, Dr. Peroni. Thank you for but all you think contributed. think that's twisted? Right? It's the patriarchy, yeah. baby. Uh, well, hey, on Still Wednesday, going strong. smash it. <laughs> on Wednesdays. The, uh, there are so many things I want to talk to you about. You know, I want to have you back on the show, but one last thing I want to, I want to talk about before I let you go on with your, your, your rare day off is, is the, the one time, and I love this about you, the one time you were, you were determined to finish a video game and you were playing a game called oh. Ratchet and Clank and you were playing it. Uh, that's right. And you kept calling it by the wrong name and you loved the fact that it was irritating me every time and oh, you yeah. just kept saying it over and over oh. again and I'm playing Ratchet and Crank and Ratchet, Ratchet and But the fact yes. that you, you didn't give up on it, you didn't know what oh. you were doing necessarily, but you, I, I don't even know why you put yourself through that, but I, I really love and envy the fact that you... I you, did it for you guys. I you, can't you believe and Jason. you did it. Yeah. No, are you kidding? So you and Jason... Uh, first yeah. of all, I had never played a video game in my life. Yeah. That, well, that's not true. We had like Ms. Pac-Man when I was a kid. Sure. We would go to like, you know, we'd go to out for Chinese food and there was like a video game machine at the Chinese food restaurant and you'd, you'd put a quarter in or, and, and you'd play. Right. But for me, I was so bad at it that it was a waste of a quarter. Most yeah. people could make a quarter last at least five or 10 minutes. I was like, Ms. Pac-Man's tough. Okay, well, Pac-Man, Ms. Pac-Man, Space Invaders, yeah. Frogger, whatever. Five minutes, uh, you're good if you can last five minutes. Like the, okay, so really only five-minute experience. Well, that's you making me feel better. But there yeah. was a, there was, I'll never forget this. There was a 25-cent machine like that, or there was a 25-cent bubblegum machine. Yeah. Well, fuck it. I'm going bubble for the gum. gum. Yeah. The gum at least gives me something. Like yeah. the, the machine makes me feel bad about myself. The gum, uh, you know. At least I can get better at practicing bubbles, That's right? So like weird. something. Yeah, I love so it. I was always going for the gum. But then Jason, I mean, I married a gamer. Like yeah. I think one of our first dates, he invited me upstairs to sit on his waterbed so he could show me what he called <laughs> his city. Okay, this is how old we are. His city, and it was one of those, what is it called? What what's what happened before the internet? What's that called, Lovey? Oh, he had a BBS. I don't even know what that stands for. A bulletin know. board system. Okay. Right? Is that what that is? Yes. So he had a bulletin board system. Sure. And literally, I would sit there on the waterbed, picture it, dark room, the sound of the waves of the waterbed, and what was playing in the background that, that oh, do, 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 dis-moi, dis-moi. What was that song that you wooed me with? Shit. It was like this. Uh, anyways. <laughs> I'm learning um, so much about you and Jason. Oh, what was the song? Do you remember? Oh my God, Jason is rocking back and forth as we uh, speak. His um, autism so, is coming out. Yes, his autism. He totally. Well, no, we call it spectrum. Thank you very okay. much. Yeah. Um. So he he um he literally like wooed me with this kind of you know the the old sort of nineties you know yeah, uh, techno rock shit. Well, that's a water Do you remember bed. the song? And and the old water bed, which was just basically mm. a bag of water in yeah. a thing, and I listened to doo doo. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, from his bulletin board stuff. Oh, and no. that was my first memories of like falling in love. And then, oh. so then I decided, well, okay, I should really play a video game. Like, 
let me let me just but see. You're what talking about years later. About. Yeah, because I never was interested. I mean, I remember what was it like Christmas of like '95, yeah. driving around Winnipeg, trying to find a copy of Mist. Was it okay. Mist? Yeah, yes. yeah. In my '72 right. Plymouth Valiant, mm -hmm. which had power steering but and no used to power smoke brakes. Back then. And I did smoke, like smoking half a pack of cigarettes in <laughs> minus 32 below zero, window down, yeah. like trying to find this man that I had fallen in love with, yeah. trying to find him a copy of like this mist. mist you know, game. I remember mist for sure. Yeah, and then Great coming game. home and like watching him play it for hours. Yeah, it's kind of boring to watch. No. Are you there? I, yeah, oh, she. She She's called again. again. The woman okay. is relentless. Yeah. Um, and then um, just thinking um, that this w this is like this better be more interesting to watch or to mm -hmm. play than it is to watch because this is love. Like this is what girlfriends <laughs> do. Right? Yeah. And so then you suggested that I I was like, okay, give me a game that I'm not going to hate. And yeah. you suggested this game, and yeah. I was very lucky because I have a video gamer with me that if yep. I got stuck, I could just hand him the controller, yep. and he would get me through any boss battle. Yep. Well, isn't that romantic? Like that, sure is. You know, it's a big statement of ourselves. No and the other thing I should say about this is that I am not, like, because I'd never played video games, like, I couldn't even handle the the actual controller. Yeah, it's like, complicated. Well, it's like, he was like, left front click. And I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? What the What's left front click? And some of our greatest fights were like, and then he would get really frustrated with me. So what we did was, and the other thing I noticed is, it is a rabbit hole. Like you can, you can literally start it and look up and it's sundown. Maybe I'll just call you Clank. My name's Ratchet. So I would set the oven timer yep, for like a that. specific amount of time because I was like, this is this is scary. And I would do like, okay, I'll give it two hours. Of, and that's why I called it crank because I was like, this is addictive. Like this yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see the crank now. Oh, and Jason told me, what was it? That I should shoot people that were chasing me. Um, yeah. And, or or chase people that were running away from me and then after a while what happens is you just get violent like i believe who you are in your darkest soul is is who you are in like a video game because mm -hmm. there were times where i would just like there was this one um gun that was like a crystal ball gun like it was yeah. a disco ball Yeah. And you could throw the disco ball and everybody starts disco dancing yep. and then you can shoot them. Yep. Uh, that was pure joy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm wor I was a bit worried after a while because at, there were times where I'd work a full day at work. I'd be like, you know, this compassionate individual, I'd come home and I'd be like, okay, let's turn this shit on. Let's kill some people. Let's yeah, do yeah. this. Let's throw a disco ball and let's just carnage. To defend Insomniac, the developers of the game, they weren't people necessarily. They were usually aliens of some kind. Oh, yes. Right. Sorry. I was just trying to humanize them. But I will be, give a big shout out that yeah. Ratchet and Crank was, like, to this day, I, I 
A, I think I have emotional attachment to that game because it was my first mm-hmm. real video game that I finished, number one. Number two, um, I think it was like the first time I could sort of see um, a video game for its value, if you will. Like I, yeah. I It's kind of like I peeled back. You, oh, here's what it is. You know when you were a kid and you used to go to the mall and there were those pictures of those dinosaurs and you'd have to look at it a certain way, um, almost yeah. like cross your eyes and the dinosaur yes. appeared? Yes. So it was the first time that I stared at the picture and I actually saw what oh, everybody else saw. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's good. I could I could see the dinosaur, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And also it was like just pure entertainment. Like it was yeah. so it's funny because I, like even though I'm talking about like, oh, I wanted to kill some alien it, it it did not ignite the there was nothing violent about it. I don't believe that video games promote violence. It was just sheer entertainment i just and thought it was so sweet of you to do that like i just i, I still can't it. believe you did it i, I can't, just can't believe you put the time aside because you're a multitasker if you are home and you are fucking around you're usually doing six things all at the same time and with video games you can really only do that you can't multitask no see that was that maybe that was part of the problem right? that's part of the problem you yeah, can't multi- multitask it, enough no it's not good like if you could yeah, I, I guess you can sort of multitask a bit. Like you can hand off the controller and then, you know, do something well, else with someone. But maybe they should invent a multitask. <laughs> we might be onto something. No, here. but some, some, most people like Think to do it. just one thing at a time. No, they don't. That's not true. No, you're the only one who likes to do 18 things all at the same time while watching Sex in the City again. Okay. <laughs> You, you say like like it's a bad thing? No, no, First no, of it's all, not a bad Sex thing. Sex in the City was a groundbreaking revolutionary it was. It television still is, show. Always will it still be. is to this day and yeah. always will be. It right. was the perfect marriage of female empowerment yeah. with women unapologetically being women, talking about things that men found to be like, oh my God, women talk about orgasms and penises yeah. and bowel movements. It was it was the first real humanization of women show. Yeah. That that actually where women converse together but didn't necessarily talk about men. All right. So that this, was wild. Number one and two. Right. <laughs> this is your podcast. My dissertation. All right, Sorry. Jesus Christ. Okay. So if, if people uh, want to reach you or like, what's the best way through your Twitter? Through like what? What? I I have an Instagram like, account. Okay, I guess I am not very good at this stuff. Why? Yes. Well, because I don't know. I don't really do social media. I have a Twitter account, but I try and avoid Twitter. But if people want to keep up with what's happening in your life. In my life? Um, I guess Instagram or Twitter. I don't know. At Ellie Zentner. I don't, yeah. I mean. They're both both just Ellie Zentner? I think so. Okay. I'll double check just to make sure. You double check. Yeah, I will. And I'll share the I don't do Facebook, though. I love uh, you so much and I, I always will too. and you know but can you please go pick up the cookies that I sent you because I will you're very funny so can can you also listen now I sound like your mother yeah I know but no but I'm your I'm your younger older I thought sister. you I thought you had my address my new place but I read it to you on Dundas and then you said to me yes and then so I sent it to there and that's not the new one that's the that's the old I, I live on Dundas so how, west now and okay, that was so Dundas. How far East. away are these cookies? They're on the east side, and I'm on the west side. 
So how, like, is it a walk? Is it a cab no, ride? No, it's, uh, it's about 45 minutes on the TTC. Are you fucking kidding me that yeah. those cookies are 45 minutes away? 45 You're minutes gonna away. You're going to need to go get those cookies. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. No, no, no. Like, I, I know they're go not going to last long. You... Yeah, I'm going to go get them. I'm, I, I guess I'm going to go get them today. Well, not, like, no word of a lie. These cookies are worth risking a little bit of your, like, yeah. I but also I'm... sent you some homemade masks in there. Yeah, I know. I really need the masks. I don't. Oh, have and there's a game. Right you don't. Oh. oh, there's tons of masks in there, and I got you some more cloth masks. So, will you do me a favor when we hang up here? Will you please text me your sure. new address because yeah, yeah. I have more cookies for you, and then I have new cloth masks. I made these Gucci ones, like okay. hysterical. Yeah. Okay. So I'll send you the new ones. What color you are promise the? Promise me. I sent you blue ones. The oh. the new ones I'm sending you are muted. Don't worry, they're gray okay. and. Because, yeah. you know, you don't like to stand. You like the whole... I don't want to stand theory. out too much. No. no, I know. These are these are off-white. Okay. Um, yeah, and they're... There's a little... Like, I can... I could even decorate them with little, like, video <laughs> game. And Jason sent you a video <laughs> game. Oh, really? That's yes, so nice. See, that's what's going to make you go get it, not the goddamn No, the cookies, I want the, are, are you kidding me? I want the fucking cookies. I uh, the, the, they're biscotti. They're caramel and white oh. chocolate. Oh. And you know, mama can bake. Like, and there's a Gucci <laughs> mask in there. Like, seriously, there's Listen, a couple. You, okay. Like, honestly, this you're you are, you are on a tear today. I caught you. I know, really but I was all time. sorry. Well, what? that I feel like I I don't know. I feel like I had a bowel movement all over your podcast. No, 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 not at all. Can like, I just say this as a total aside? Yeah, go ahead. Like. So this podcast, and your listeners know this, hmm. this is a voice. Um, first of all, as you and I have met, discussed on many times, yeah. everybody, the people, we live in a world where everybody has a voice and an opinion. Maybe some of us shouldn't. Yep. But uh, you're, you have a voice and you speak, you, you speak for and to um, a population of people yep. um, where... I, I think like you just spent the last like 30 minutes. I'm going to get off the phone and make Jason kiss my butt for the next yep, like two days. But, yeah, um, but what you have done, people don't realize that you are one of the most tenacious and resilient human beings alive. Like, thank you, honey. Never mind. And I know you don't speak of where you were, but I remember how sick you were and where you came from and how you literally physically fought to regain you mm -hmm. to regain who you are um and as a woman of of medicine it you are one of our incredible happy endings that oh. you know i'm getting emo who who like like who has triumphed like no one goes through what you went through medically and not just climbs the gross grind but also yeah. These podcasts are your mental grouse grind. And I remember when you were at the neuro rehab of us yeah. having Sunday dinners, oh, um, you know, great. Sunday lunches so that you could talk and regain who you are. And you like these, you are a master at um, connecting to people in a way that allows them to feel just celebrated for yeah. who they are, for their but quirkiness and their, everything right. so right. yeah but the, no. like, the other thing is it's like you were there i remember when i went in the hospital and i wasn't yeah. eating and i remember you brought yeah. earnest ice cream 
I know, and I forced fed forced me to eat it because I would just eat like one bite, and then I I I had no appetite at all. And so you were like, "Oh, Jonesy, uh, pick up your spoon. You need to eat more. You need to eat more." And so like I was like, "Okay, I'll try to keep eating this shit." Like, but you were there at the front, and then on the on the other side, you were you're right. You would throw these incredible lunches, and you would invite one or two people over, and it was really fun. And I never wanted them to stop, and and you know, they stopped eventually and we all went back to our regularly scheduled lives. But right. those two things, like the bookends of the experience, you know, also in addition to finding me on the street and saying, I think you should not stay home alone tonight. We should, we have to keep an eye on you. Thank you so much though. I really appreciate it, Ali. I love you, Jonesy. I love you You're too. a good man. Listen, okay. Have a good day. Okay. You too. Stay safe, okay? okay? And go get those fucking cookies. I will. Jesus, stop yelling at okay. me. Okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye. Big thanks to Dr. Allie Zentner. You can follow Allie on Twitter and Instagram. She is at Allie Zentner. Z-E-N-T-E-R. Her website is nofatshame.com. And her book is called The Weight Loss Prescription. It is honestly a great read. Patrick Day Ortega provided the chiptunes we heard in today's show including the one we're listening to right now. It's called Mystical Pixels. New Patreon members include Zachary Plague, Greg Fair, Chris Martell, Dr. Kimberly Vole, and Peter Mashara. Thank you to all of you. You can support our podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com backslash heavily pixelated to get all kinds of bonuses. Sarah Deakins is the producer of Heavily Pixelated. Stephen Nikolic is the technical producer. I'm Scott C. Jones. We'll see you next time.